Uh, I'm Tom. I'm on the communications team at Ed Reports. And I'm here today with Lauren Weisskirk, who is our chief strategy officer. Hello, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks very much for being here. Um, and today we're going to be talking about families and caregivers and how they can best support children in their learning, um, particularly by engaging in their instructional materials. All right, so let's let's dive in. Um, first of all, could you give us an overview of like wh why instructional materials matter for student learning, and maybe maybe what they are as well? What we mean by the phrase instructional materials? That's great. So you sometimes will hear this as instructional materials, sometimes as curriculum, depending on which school system you're in and you know who you're speaking with. But basically, what we're talking about is the content through which um, students learn and their interactions with teachers are really, you know, engaged around the content. Um, that could be, if you think about like, I think the classic thought is a textbook, but instructional materials can also encompass the, um, digital materials and the digital content through which like, you know, you're able to see what your child is learning and the lessons, et cetera. Um, and it can also include, materials like online supplements that you might also see when um when looking at your your kids homework or what's coming home like that looks more like a handout um all of that everything um that's included in that are, are instructional materials nice and yeah so why you you touched on like interactions with materials and like the, the interaction between student teachers and instructional materials why is that why is that important? Can you tell us more about that? You know, Tom, we were actually talking about this earlier today where it's, yeah, of course, like we all know that materials are important. And I think while that is somewhat true, the real challenge that we've had is, and when I say we, I mean like education at all levels and communities, et cetera, is actually understanding what the content is that students are engaging with every day. I remember when Ed Reports was founded eight years ago, and the role of our organization is to provide free reviews of instructional materials, particularly um, the core materials. And when we were founded, like we'd go out and talk to people and everyone would be like, yes, yes, materials are important. But then you'd ask a couple of questions like, so what are students learning? Like what are materials are being used? And people wouldn't necessarily know. Or um, we would ask, you know, how do you know which set of materials are better for your classroom than others? And people wouldn't necessarily know because almost all materials claim to help students become college and career ready. And that's the ultimate goal of what we're doing in K-12, right? Make sure that our students are learning what they need to know in order to enter colleges, trade schools, careers, et cetera. And yet, this is an area in which there's really historically been little insight into how good those materials are and which materials are better and particularly better within the local context of a school system, district, state. We're really looking, we're hoping that the kind of material are, are high quality. What makes materials high quality? Yeah, so there's a few, I mean, there's more than a few, but if I were to boil it down at the end of the day, um, high quality materials mean that there is content that's grade level aligned so that students are getting the access to 
um, the skills and knowledge they need to build year over year towards this, I already said college and career ready. They're also uh, equitable. So all students are able to engage with the material and have entry points. So for example, if you have um, multilingual learners, there are access, the, the materials themselves are designed to enable access to the content and skills those students need. Um, if there are students behind grade level, what are the different types of, uh, we call them scaffolds or supports that are in place to help those students also um, be on a trajectory to graduate college and career ready. And another one that's really important is that they are, from the teacher perspective, they can be used, that they are, they aren't so big or voluminous that, that teachers don't have um, that it's hard for them to figure out which lessons or plan for the lessons, that there's also enough uh, strong content in there that teachers aren't required to go off and Google or Pinterest search or use other ways to supplement the content. Like it's there. Um, so those are some of the ways, some of the big high level ways that we think about quality instructional materials. One thing we bringing in families and caregivers you know, families and caregivers have always been important in uh, student learning. And when we had the kind of period of school closures from the pandemic, mm -hmm. that issue became more salient. And a lot of families in different parts of the country became more involved and more engaged in what their kids were learning and what their instructional materials looked like. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about that, about what the sort of findings were? One of my favorite studies about how families experienced uh, the pandemic with regards to instruction materials came from this group, CPRL, C-P-R-L, basically showed that families whose children were in school systems that had high quality instructional materials that the teachers like were assigning and were able to use, they reported having not just more positive, it's more than that, like more ability to engage and support their children to learn what the um, the high level, right, the, the content and skills that they needed. And that that curriculum itself, when it was high quality and being used by the teachers within the building or within the Zoom classroom, actually improved family communication with the school. So we have this thing now, this like curriculum that's solid, that can be accessed as a common reference point that really helped actually facilitate more discussion and dialogue between teachers and caregivers, which has been a stated goal of, of you know, with people thinking about education for a really long time. Flip side, in systems where those materials weren't accessible, weren't already in place, Families reported a much higher degree of dissatisfaction, of uh, challenge, figuring out what it is that they're, how they could help their child, and also what what it is they were supposed to be finding. And so um, I think it really underscored the value that having a high quality set of instruction materials can have, both in like the worst of times when we were deep in the throes of the pandemic, but also what are the lessons that we could learn about how that can help us now, even as school buildings are open, um, largely open, and even as um, we are transitioning out of pandemic? Like zooming out there, obviously, high quality materials are important. We've seen that they can be 
a way for families to engage and to better support their kids learning and why is that important like family engagement can you tell us a bit more about that yeah study after study shows that when families are brought in as partners in the educational experience of their children that children do much better there was one from a few years ago that showed uh that elementary schools where there is substantial parent engagement, the kids were more likely, I think it was like four times more likely to succeed in reading and 10 times more likely to be succeeding and on grade level in math. Like, there is a powerful role because I think as, as parents know and as teachers know, learning doesn't stop at the classroom door. So this isn't even about necessarily like homework, but it's how do we engage parents in understanding the skills, the content that their student, that their kids are are learning. I think we're really good at talking in, in some school districts and some schools, we're really good about talking about extracurriculars with families. Here's what we're doing around sports or field trips or, you know, homecoming events. And all that is important too, like that, that community building. It's been a missed opportunity for us to for us to all meaningfully engage families and caregivers on the instructional and academic end too, like in this way that um, that really could be a place for us to start using instructional materials again as that common reference point that that could be accessed by the educator, by the classroom teacher, and by the caregivers. Families and parents. And caregivers have this opportunity to to try to engage with instructional materials. It's a great place to start supporting your kids um, and kids in your community. So if we kind of take it back to basics, how can families get started learning more about their kids' instructional materials? What should they be be looking for or looking at? Yeah. I mean, the first place to start is by asking questions of, you know, with the um, classroom teacher with the school building leader. So, you know, think about this, think about different points throughout the year. What are my children learning? What are the expectations for where they'll be by the end of the year? What is the, what can I expect to see as a parent coming home with either assignments, uh, homework, or, you know, report cards, et cetera. Like talk to me about that. So you can start with questions. Another thing is there's a lot of information including, so we have a a website that has free information about almost every single set of core instructional materials for K-12 ELA, K-12 math, and um, currently K-8 science, and we're expanding to high school science now. So there's a ton of information about those materials. How well are they aligned to standards? How well do they have, how many, uh, how well do they provide uh, access for students at different entry levels, how usable are they by teachers and classrooms, strengths, gaps, all of that's available on our site. There's also uh, information that that families can find about materials through many state websites. So there's a, there's a way to go out and do a little bit of understanding on your own, which again, can just help you as you go into the conversation and the partnership with the teacher to understand what does the teacher see? Does a teacher notice these same strengths? How do we build on them? Um, you can look inside, and this is a paper pencil example, but like look inside the backpack. Check out the copyright year of the materials that are coming home with your child. Um, we have too many examples of 
of students still having, for example, social studies textbooks from the 90s. And that's their core set of materials. A lot of things have happened since the 90s. So there are ways like that you can check and have some, again, like I'm saying, entry points to conversation so that you can better understand both what your student's learning and also find out if your teachers need some support or are interested in in sharing more about what um, materials or resources they wish they had. Because as parents, you can have a really strong relationship as that partner. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about that, how you think about about that relationship. So if you're a a parent, caregiver, family member, and you want to engage with your children's teachers, um, particularly around instructional materials, like how how should you go about that? What sort of like mindset should you have? Yeah, what do you recommend? Uh, I, I cannot say enough of this, like the idea of partner. So your child is spending, you know, so much time with these teachers that are incredibly dedicated and who are trying to think about what's best for the 30 children in their classroom or 20 children in their classroom. And so understanding what um, the goals are, how the resources available support those goals, asking how you can help, how you can, you know, not just help the teacher, but help the student at home. Like all of that, I think is really important because, you know, teachers are professionals who are also trying so hard and doing such great work to support um, the children in their classroom. And so, you know, really entering in with this like common sense of purpose that we're all here and centering the student, we're all here, students, we're all here to help these children be ready to enter their post high school life equipped with the skills and information they need to really succeed. Yeah. And as a partner, you mentioned asking about like the teacher's impressions of those materials, like what they saw in them. Are there any specific things to ask teachers about like specific factors about materials? Yeah. I mean, you, well, it depends on which materials you have, right? So, you know, as you come in understanding like a little bit, again, going to plug the Ed Reports reviews as a place to start. Um, you can ask questions about what does this mean? What does it look like? Another thing you can ask is about their training. So are you getting training on this? Um, We put out a study last year that showed that I think it was like fewer than half of teachers were getting any professional learning associated with the materials that they were teaching. Um, And so there's a real place where we need to improve and think about the supports the educators are given in order to effectively um, understand, deliver, work with the content, right? It's not a script. You have to know a lot about it in order to adjust to meet the demands of your classroom. So what are the de- what are the professional learning opportunities that teachers are getting that help them do that critical work? Uh, on another note, I guess if you were a caregiver and you're just trying to understand the materials or you know like we often hear about math with a lot of the common core shifts like this isn't the way I learn math right mm-hmm. a lot of caregivers have that experience when they're trying to help their kids with their homework so is that somewhere you'd recommend engaging with teachers as well yeah and actually this is more of a recommendation I have for schools and districts which is you know not to underestimate the power of a parent curriculum night 
So um, I used to work in the New York City Department of Ed uh, school district, and I was blown away by how many schools would throw a parent curriculum night. Come in. Here's what we're working on. Here's what it looks like. Does it look different from how you learned math? Here's why. Like just really engaging. So this is, again, a recommendation for schools and districts engaging with caregivers in the way to help them also like learn that there is science and research behind new approaches. Um, and, and that is that empowers families. And it also improves that communication we were talking about earlier of like how proactive communication from the school or from the district can really, really support parent understanding um, and strengthen that really strong bond that we talked about that you said takes a village, right? Like that it can really strengthen that community, uh, again, centered around the child. Um, we're, I know we're almost uh, at time, but but before we go, is there anything else you wish like families and caregivers knew that we haven't covered yet? You know, a couple of things. One is not all materials are the same or created equal. Like some we, you know, through our work here at Ed Reports and through reports and, and work that other places have done, there are differences in quality. And I think that can be really hard for us to know and for like community members to know. Because um, if you look at if you look at that outside of a book or you look at the a sticker on a on a digital program, everyone, a lot of people are claiming to do the same thing. Right. And so how do how do you understand what the differences are? And then another really important piece is when schools and districts are choosing their curriculum, something we always say or their instructional materials, something we always say is like, you've got to know your instructional vision going in. What is the vision for a successful student experience in your school, in your district? And so how do we ground conversation in that vision? And then materials are one piece of the um, or one resource that's necessary to like move along, but it's not the only one. And so how like how do these all how do district or school initiatives fit together around that vision of a student and student success? Yeah. And, and just picking up on not all materials being created equal, like as a if, if you're a parent or a caregiver, how likely is it that? your or a school or district already has high quality materials or you know what's the, what's the sort of variability out there it's it's pretty variable so um while there are standards aligned options at every grade level we have found that through nationally representative surveys that only about 40% of math classrooms are regularly using standards aligned materials and and about 26, 25, 26% of ELA classrooms are regularly using uh, standards aligned instructional materials. Is it because those materials aren't available, haven't been procured or purchased? Or is it because there hasn't been enough professional learning or coaching? Like that is something that is, I know a lot of us who work either in the policy or the implementation side are really thinking a lot about. And so it's, it's, it's something I think for us to be aware of is that it's not a given that there's necessarily high 
quality materials in every classroom. All right. Well, thank you very much, Laura, and thanks for joining me today. Um, we're going to wrap it up there, but uh, there's lots more information on edreports.org. Uh, if you go to our resources page, there's a ton of different blogs and, and resources and links and things. We've also got a few links in the description of this video of different things we've referenced, so check those out. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks again, Lauren. Thanks, Tom.